For greater privacy, it's best to use Bitcoin addresses only once. Satoshi Nakamoto. Welcome to another electrifying episode of What Is Your Bitcoin Story? The podcast where we dive deep into the journey of individuals shaping the future of Bitcoin. I'm your host, Gigi, and today joining us is none other than Matyash, a trailblazer in the world of Bitcoin. Since 2020, Matyash has been at the forefront of organizing groundbreaking Bitcoin conferences, igniting the flames of curiosity and innovation across the globe. Alongside his visionary brother, Martin, he co-founded the esteemed Czech Bitcoin conference, Chaincamp, and spearheaded the biggest and most influential European Bitcoin conference, BTC Prague. Get ready to embark on a thrilling voyage through the world of Bitcoin as Matthias shares his incredible story from the early days of organizing conferences to witnessing the evolution of Bitcoin firsthand. We'll unravel the secrets behind these monumental events and uncover the insights that have fueled Matthias's passion for Bitcoin. So get ready as we delve into the captivating Bitcoin journey of Matthias right here on What Is Your Bitcoin Story? Let's dive in. Matthias, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and looking forward to chat. Matyash, I guess, um, like we do with all other guests, we started off with how did you come up, how did you discover Bitcoin? Uh, but I guess in, in your case, we'll switch it up a little bit. We'll, we'll start it off and, and I'll ask you, Matyash, could you share a little bit kind of how your journey started with Bitcoin? Uh, but more importantly, what was that thing that initially drew you to Bitcoin and more importantly, involved you in organizing such incredible Bitcoin conferences? Okay, yeah, it's a uh, it's exciting time to be alive. I wasn't always sure that there will be another big invention, but I had the feeling that something will happen already long before I start working. I was always a little bit anarchic and uh, and not not really listening teachers. Then I start traveling, and first time I got to the Bitcoin, it was the year two thousand eleven when I was traveling and backpacking New Zealand. And uh, at um, I don't remember the the month it was a, it was a, probably July uh, 2011. I I was in Wellington and there happened to be Occupy Wellington initiative, which was similar to Occupy Wall Street, where people were boycotting um, uh, financial institutions and uh, prost- protesting uh, on the um, on the streets and sleeping in the tents and pretty much occupying the city center. I really liked that. So I was, uh, I was going there every day, talking to people. And uh, there was a tent with a big sign of Bitcoin. And I was <laughs> going to this tent, but uh, unfortunately not because of Bitcoin, but because they had the great cookies there. <laughs> so I was going there every day and uh, meeting people, talking to really interesting people, and uh, and eating cookies you know but th- something sticked in my in my head the orange logo and um, that chapter closed and after another six years in the year 2017 it somehow get back before the big pump i've heard about it from several sources it caught my attention again and i start researching and slowly fall into the rabbit hole and the the rest the rest is the history i would say i, I love how how <clears throat> your bitcoin journey essentially started from 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 the beautiful cookies maybe they had some orange flavor inside of them as well that kind of uh, brought you closer to 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 the bitcoin passion but it's it's a very nice story 
and then essentially, so this was two thousand. Uh, yeah, this that was two thousand eleven. Eleven, twelve. Um, yeah, eleven, twelve, and um, and then I get back probably uh, September. Um, yeah, before the pump of two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. And I didn't really believe that, you know, it was just like, like the first encountering of this technology. And then I had to spend another, I would say maybe a year of studying this. Uh, I was, I was living abroad and uh, I had quite well established business running. So I had a lot of time to actually uh, be able to spend and studying every day, four hours, reading books, listening podcasts and pretty much consuming everything what I found about Bitcoin. And this took me maybe two years, um, which I had to spend to really uh, feel that Bitcoin is the only solution. And I separated, separated it from, from, from the rest. Luckily for you, you did it much faster. Me personally, it took me four years to, 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 do, to do that separation. Like with most people, I, I intermingled in, in the shitcoinery casino from 2017 to, to 2020. But then afterwards, really after, as you said, for you to really understand Bitcoin, you, you need to put in that quote unquote proof of work. You need to study, you need to learn, you need to open up your mind to new possibilities and, and change your paradigm shifts, you know, how, how you think the world really operates. Uh, but it's interesting, um, essentially, you, you didn't just leave it there. Kind of your next big thing was going into conferences, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, together with, with your brother, Martin. Mm-hmm. How did that come around? What was the inspiration to, to start off? And I, I guess Chainlink was the first one, right? Before BTC Prague. Uh, yeah, Chaincamp. So, Chaincamp, yeah, sorry. We, we are, um, I like to say that we are quite natural evolution of... Um, of what was happening in Czech Republic. We are a small nation, about like 10 million people. As, as is in common with a small nation, we may not always think about ourselves as particularly important in the world or particularly uh, advancing humanity in a significant way. But the little known fact is that uh, there is an industry uh, of the future which Czechs are and have already made an dent in the world I don't mean the Pilsner beer now, but uh, uh, we are talking about the industry which shapes the financial future and the freedom in the financial future. Most listeners today maybe don't know, but Czech is really the Bitcoin wally of the world. And Prague may be called itself a capital of the Bitcoin world because it's being the cradle of the first ever Bitcoin mining pool launched in 2010 by Slash, now operated uh, by Brains and mined more than 1 million Bitcoin since that time. The first ever hardware wallet was prototyped in 2012 by Stick and Slash in Prague by a company named Trezor. Everyone knows (laughs) Trezor, right? Yeah. The BIP39, which uh, means the seed phrase, the 23rd word, uh, 24 words to actually make a self-custody much better. It was uh, developed by Stick and Slash from Trezor in Prague. <laughs> the first la- and the largest Bitcoin ATM manufacturer, General Bytes, it's also from Prague by Karol Kiyowski. Or the first ever open source transparent secure chip element to be launched very soon by Tropic Square in Prague. I can continue the Paranipolis, fourth floor, uh, big black 
building operated since 2014 in Prague without fiat. They don't accept fiat. They, since the beginning, they were only accepting crypto. So I believe that we are just another, another point of evolution of crypto anarchy and Bitcoin in Czech because there is a very good base since these early days. And we started with Martin in 2020, but last year we actually throw out another milestone and that's BTC Prague, the biggest European Bitcoin conference. Uh, we've been very privileged to, to, to working on it. So I'm, 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 I'm super humble, but very, very proud about it. Um, amazing. And, and if I may just add, we had another fellow Czech Bit- Bitcoiner guest a, a few weeks ago on, on the podcast, Joseph Tetek, and he also mentioned that you, ah, have, cool. you have the most Bitcoiners on, regarding the population size, right? It's, it's, it's in the hundreds of thousands, right, for, for the 10 million that, that uh, Czech has. So yes. I was also surprised with that. So, but I had no idea. That was kind of one thing he just dripped feed on me, but then now you, you really took it away. And of course, him working for Trezor, right? He also, he mentioned the history of Trezor, but I had no idea about all these other things. It really shows that, you know, Czech is in the heart of this orange revolution that's happening. Um, and of course, now with BTC Prague for Bitcoiners to to discover this beautiful land and, and come together and see the amazing innovation that's happening, because there's so much focus on the, the, the North American market and the Asian market, LATAM and everything, but kind of, Europe doesn't really have, you know, something that that's too appealing. So, you know, it's 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 amazing um, what you guys have started last year with BTC Prague, and, and of course this year I'm super excited as as we discussed pre-starting the recording of of attending my first BTC Prague and essentially the second one. And yeah, I wanted to kind of hear um, how did the first. So let's take it back to the first big event. So how how did that get started? What was your kind of spark where you sat with your brother and said, you know, let, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So, in it, it probably started. We were start. We started to think about it in summer 2019, because we saw there are no other. There are no conferences in Czech. Mm. I was visiting some uh, conferences, crypto conferences at this time uh, somewhere around the world, and uh, I saw how much fun is it and how important it is to to develop as as an individual and navigate in the space. So we said to ourselves, okay, let's, let's, let's make it. Uh, I have a hospitality background. Uh, I've been organizing some events uh, before. My brother, he, um, he's an IT guy. He used to work in e-commerce. He was visiting many conferences with his previous company. So we, we connect our experience and throw out the first conference, which was in, uh, actually in the COVID time, in September 2020. When uh, there were all the restrictions, uh, people had to wear masks. Uh, we, we couldn't even go out from, from, the, from the apartment. But there was a short window of three weeks in September. And we somehow managed and we were very lucky to throw Bitcoin conferences in our city in Ostrava for 500 people. So 500 people came and enjoy, and that was uh, that was a really jump start of our career. And since that time, we are doubling every year. So in the year 2021, we again organized a Bitcoin conference uh, for 1,000 people. The year after 2022, we had to change a venue. We found a bigger venue and we organized it for 2,000 people already with small expo. 
And um, because we saw how, mm, how, how, how big the demand is for this conference, and we've been traveling around the world, we, we actually decided that we will, we will organize one more conference. And that's how BTC Prague <laughs> came into the, into the place. We saw that there is a huge barrier, a language barrier between different Bitcoin communities. So when we went to US, no one really knew about the uh, development in Czech that Trezor is a Czech company. Yeah, they knew Trezor, but they didn't know what's happening behind this language barrier. And we, we didn't need to go too far across the Atlantic. Even if we went to Innsbruck for a biggest German-speaking Bitcoin conference, these people, Germans, they didn't know that something is happening in Czech. They have no idea how big the community is. So that just proved our idea that we need to find a way how to bridge these language barriers and culture barriers between the countries because Bitcoiners are all over the world and they are pretty similar, but because they are spread around, sometimes they feel alone and they really like to connect in the real world. So that, that was just uh, another, another thing which, which we could pick up and, and, and take it so we, we can benefit from, from this demand. So we are again uh, organizing BTC Prague this year and, and raising the bar. We expect 8,000 people to come for the conference, more than 100 speakers, 120 speakers, more than 100 Bitcoin companies who build their booths in the expo area so people can come and be able to try the stuff. Yeah, because something is uh, that you are online and you are reading about it. But nowadays, especially with upcoming AI craziness, what you can really trust on the internet, right? So the conference is a perfect place where you can meet real people. You uh, get your hands on uh, the stuff. You try the services. You ask all your questions and you decide with uh, your own mind. You, you make up your own um, opinions. Yeah, there, um, that not, nothing is better than really to, to talk to the people behind the counter from the company and see it with your own eyes. So uh, I believe that the, the expo is a really a great value for people who are not really sure what is Bitcoin about. I, I guess this year again, one of the main big highlight speakers at BTC Prague is of course none other than, uh, it's always going up, Laura, Michael Saylor. Um, I wanted to hear firsthand, how did you come around to, to getting him? And because I'm sure there's so many conferences that want Michael Saylor to attend, but he's very, he cherishes, he's a man that really values his time. And, and how did that come around? How did that story get around to, to getting Michael on? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised that you want to hear it. It's, it's a, it's a really uh, great story. We had to fly to LA actually with my brother. We were trying to um, reach Michael. Uh, but as you said, he, he's, uh, he's a man who, who guards his time and um, uh, that's very fair. He's approached by thousands of people per day, I would say. <laughs> so we, we flew to a Bitcoin conference in LA, um, Pacific Bitcoin, uh, which is organized by Swan and they did really well. 
it's uh, different uh, than than in Europe. It's more focused on money. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we went there and and just approach uh, Michael few times, have a chat with him, explain what is our mission, and he seems to be uh, very positive about that and um, reply with something like, "I'm almost sold." <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Then it took another few emails um, to actually sort out uh, the details, but pretty much it, it was about that we, we really had to meet him in person and, uh, and give him the pitch, what, what is BTC Prague about? Yeah, good to mention is that Daniel Prince helped us a lot because he's a friend of Michael and uh, he really put his word for us and told Michael that BTC Prague is really a real thing. It will be huge and, and vouch for us because before uh, last uh, edition of BTC Prague, no one really knew if it's a real thing or not. We just had a web page and a few <laughs> conference speakers, but uh, our track record was only in Czech and Slovak Bitcoin community. Amazing. Well, it's, it's super important, with, especially with these high caliber people, to have someone to vouch on you because, as you said, they get approached every day by hundreds or even thousands of, of different you know, events on, or, or, or initiatives. And, and it's very hard to get someone of his caliber to, to commit. But then again, from your story, uh, Matthias, it shows to all the listeners that if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, All it takes is strike that conversation. So by attending all these conferences, including BTC Prague and, and everywhere else, all these so-called idols or people you admire, you know, don't be scared. Just come up, approach them, speak to them. At the end of the day, we're all humans, right? There is um, like, it, it It might be daunting, uh, but you never know what the future has in for you. And, and a single, you know, quick conversation at a conference or at a bar or, or any meetup, who knows where it takes you. And, and today, I guess, you know, it, it, it brings so much more effect and, and kind of prestige to BTC Prague. The fact that, you know, Michael Saylor not only attended last year, but is coming back again. It kind of shows reassuring commitment from his end. And to all the people that are thinking, you know, maybe like, was that a phase? Was, was he paid off to attend last year? But, you know, the fact that he's coming again, it shows really that, that it's the real deal. Yeah, no, thank you. You you described it very well. The opportunities um, which comes with attending conferences are endless. I've been on 12 conferences last year and from every single one, uh, I've got some uh, really, really important light bulb moments. Not only that I've got some speakers, uh, I convinced them to come to PTC Prague and contribute, but I've always learned something which I wouldn't from online world because you simply need the vibe and um, maybe the feedback loop after you listen a talk you 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 just uh, ask someone sitting next to you or some some or you approach the speaker and and just um, have a have a quick chat you know meet and greet the speaker after the talk all of them are super open yeah that's that's the <laughs> that's the that's the superpowers of Bitcoiners because they are uh, regular people, very humble and happy to talk. <laughs> Everybody's uh, stacking sets and staying humble as as they should, right? 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, from from the events that you've had, kind of, and 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 the different journeys that every every year there's different things happening, different memories. In in your personal opinion, Matias, like through your journey, what what have been some of the so-called most memorable moments or highlights from organizing these big conferences? What was, if you could name one or two? Mm, that's a hard question. Memorable moments. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it was really nice to be on the on the private dinner with Michael Saylor and other ten Bitcoiners. <laughs> um, it's it's nice to 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 listen the people who and and talk to them in person. Who I was just uh, listening and reading their uh, their articles and books three years ago so it's a it's a surreal situation which i am uh, now and um sometimes i have to pinch myself if it's really <laughs> no for sure so where we met actually last year in in amsterdam at the bitcoin conference amsterdam i likewise what you're describing you know meeting you know jimmy song in person meeting ben arc like meeting these people that i've been following for years on twitter and reading their stuff to actually shake their hands and have a normal conversation and just exchange you know just just social ha have a nice social chat about bitcoin it, it was kind of surreal as, as you mentioned you you really need to pinch yourself and and that's what you mentioned the beautiful thing about specifically bitcoin conferences that everybody's very you know open to conversation welcoming on the contrary to crypto and blockchain conferences where everybody's just there to show their own token and it's all like money-based, you know, like what's the value of your token here? Nobody's saying like, you know, what's the value of Bitcoin? We, we all know the price of Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one <laughs> Bitcoin, you know, like we, we don't need to speculate in, in, in fiat terms. And it's a totally different vibe. It's with all the Bitcoin conferences, which I would highly advise all the listeners to attend. It, it it feels like a family. It feels like home away from home, right? It's it's very you have. It's very easy to speak to people. It's very easy to exchange ideas. And one thing that you mentioned, Matias, which I would like to highlight, it's you know in the digital world that we find ourselves, everybody sitting in front of one or multiple screens all day. It can get very lonely. And sometimes you might think, you know, I'm I might be losing myself and losing my marbles. Like you know, what is true reality? What is real? What is not? And Going to these events, it gives you the opportunity to exchange things, to have human interaction. Because at the end of the day, as humans, we are social creatures. We need to physically meet and, you know, exchange ideas. And having a talk about Bitcoin in person is unbeatable over any Zoom call or, or any Telegram or Reddit or whatever it may be. You know, it's, it, it's very monotone. And who knows where the journey goes, as I said, you know. You don't ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. Uh, by just having a pure conversation without even having any ideas, light bulbs can go off, and you know you could you know collaborate or do great things together that were not possible without actually getting together. So, I definitely praise you on Matias and the amazing work that you're doing with, with with BTC Prague and really connecting the dots, getting the people together. And I'm really happy to hear that you said there's over a hundred Bitcoin companies that will be there also present, which. As you mentioned, there's one thing, you know, checking out beautiful websites of, you know, cold storage and different services. Uh, but the other things to actually go up to the booths, to, to feel them in your hands, to, to, to learn more about them in person and, and get, the, get the stuff, get the, get the juice, which is not there online. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. 
We are really trying uh, with our Bitcoin conference to help Bitcoin grow. Uh, we were focusing on adoption a lot last uh, two, three, four years. But now we, we feel like adoption will happen inevitably. We don't really need to focus on it too much because Bitcoin price is the best marketing tool, <laughs> what, we can, what we can have. So this year we focus on strengthening the core and we come up with a kind of a saying of level up. It's pretty much same like going down into the rabbit hole, but it's not so lonely. So leveling up can mean for a, for a person who is a beginner to learn how to take a Bitcoin off the exchange and use self-custody. For someone who already have a, have a, um, have a self-custody, who use hardware wallet, it might mean that uh, start running a node or maybe uh, figure it out how to uh, secure be better, like with a multi-signature or shammer secret. And for someone who is in a business, it can mean that um, um, he will learn how to start accepting Bitcoin in his business. And for mm. whale, it can mean that uh, because whales don't have time, so they have money, so they might be able to, they might be encouraged to, to actually support some open source uh, project, which they like. So this year is, uh, is in the ethos of leveling up or finding the way how to actually start contributing to Bitcoin while getting better, finding the tools to empower individuals on the way to the future. And the timing couldn't be better because we expect bull market coming up. So I believe that companies will be hiring and there will be just endless opportunities of how to contribute to Bitcoin in any way. It doesn't uh, need to be only... Uh, as a developer, but we, we need the organizers, marketers, salespersons, uh, communications as experts on, on the all front. Educators. Educators, all, all, yeah. Everybody. I, I guess to add to that, I, I totally agree with, with you. Essentially, if, if, if you know, kind of we want to fuel this adoption forward, which, as you mentioned, Matyaj, it's, it's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when. Um, and actually, steadily is much better than just spiking up and then kind of you know seeing btc tomorrow at uh, half a million would be great but then suddenly it would push away a lot of people and you know it's nice that we steadily grow and, and evolve and more importantly as i mentioned you know stack sats and stay humble that that's all good and stuff but if we do nothing with our sats if we don't create and build a circular economy then we're kind of leaving a lot of things out on the table. And, and I guess if we really want to see this, this hybrid Bitcoinized world and hopefully one day get the globe on a Bitcoin standard, we need to start building and connecting the dots. May that be, as you said, merchants accepting BTC offline, online, you know, on their website or having a stall selling cookies, for example, right, for, for, for sats. People need that help. And, you know, going online and searching, how do I do it? It can be a very daunting task and not very motivating. But by being physically at, at these events, um, you get the help in hand and, and everybody's super, super helpful and, and willing to help, which is the best part. You know, it's not like we usually have in, call it the legacy markets. Everybody's looking on, ooh, how much commission can I make here? You know, what's what's in it for me? But here it's it's we're all building for everybody because you know helping another fellow Bitcoiner do something you're helping yourself at the same time and and it's a beautiful thing where 
we get together to build the better future and build the world that we really want to live in. Because at the moment, I go on many rants on, on these podcasts, <laughs> how terrible the world is. And it's, it's a house of cards slowly collapsing. And it's down to us to build this world that we want to see. And instead of, you know, sitting and crying and moaning, why is everything's becoming so expensive? Why is this so bad? Why is this that, you know, instead of talking, we should be doing the, the actual moves and, and the action and, and building things ourselves. And now with Bitcoin, it's given us that tool to really, not just from the monetary standpoint, but really kind of take full control of, of our digital possessions. And the possibilities are endless, right? Everybody still, um, we're focusing on the monetary value, even though Satoshi named it the peer-to-peer cash system. But in my opinion, and, and, and a lot of people share this, I I see the Bitcoin protocol changing radically, maybe not everything, but most things. Just like when internet came about and people, you know, said, oh, you can send emails and everybody's like, wow, what is this? How does it work? What is an email? And then today, you know, 20 years later, uh, email is like a fraction of things that we do on on the internet, right? We're having this call over internet. We have, you know, you're, you're getting everything from phone, fridges, all tech, everything's using internet. So the same thing, I think most things will be incorporated on top of the Bitcoin protocol or multiple layers. We have layer twos now, but you know we'll have for sure layer three, layer four, layer five. It can be endless. And yeah, I think at the moment still, you know, Bitcoin celebrating its 15th birthday. We are so early on um, that people, you know, and no coiners get sidetracked to go, oh, but the price is, you know, 40 or 50,000 or 60,000. It's, you know, I'm, am I late for a GG? And I go, you're never late. You know, you're, you're still super early. And don't focus on the price. Focus on educating yourself and slowly, you know, starting to accumulate your bag, which I think in the long run, people will still be asking, am I late at half a million, at a million, at 10 million? Well, maybe at 10 million, you are a little bit late. But, you know, until then, we have a long way to go. And at the end of the day, it's not all about how much it's worth. It's about preserving your wealth and you know, especially I don't have to go into detail with inflation that we're seeing everywhere across all continents. I mean, every day it's getting more expensive to live if you're living on a fiat standard. So by switching to saving in the Bitcoin standard, life is getting cheaper for you every year, no matter how much the price fluctuates, the purchasing power is parabolic. So that's what I wanted to add on on that note. So, Matthias, now I have another, I want to steer the conversation a little bit on a different uh, topic. There's a lot of trends and developments constantly happening in Bitcoin. And the last and latest one that's causing a lot of controversy, at least in the last six to eight months, is this whole minting NFTs on, on the Bitcoin blockchain and the whole ordinal scene. So I wanted to ask you, where is your take on that? And uh, how do you perceive the whole ordinal shenanigans? Yeah, that's a hard question, Gigi. It's um, uh, short answer is I don't like it. Uh, I consider this uh, to be um, very shady uh, things which doesn't belong on Bitcoin blockchain. Um, I consider myself, and, and I don't really like the labeling, but for this case, I believe it's it's uh, it's good to say that I believe that Bitcoin is a monetary instrument. Uh, there are there are another place where you can post stupid uh, cat pictures, and uh, it, that the thing is like okay, it's unstoppable. Okay, you can post the stupid pictures, but the thing that they are 
people who are actually making money on it even call it art is um <laughs> what's the right word <laughs> it's bullshit uh, <laughs> that's a good word <laughs> it, it's it's not art if i'm thinking about art i would say that it needs to be something special what not so many people can do mm. also i consider art being something what you spend a lot of time to do so there must be some proof of work mm, there must be some rarity and I just don't see it uh, in, in these like um, uh, bored apes, uh, crypto punks and all these kind of it's copy paste. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really understand how it's possible, how it's even possible we are talking about this because it's a waste of time, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, th I think it's a solid take. Um, I've, I've brought up this question with, the, with a few guests as of the latest episodes. Um, and yeah, I would agree with you totally, Mtiaj, that it's, I would even say it's a little bit distracting from what Bitcoin actually wants to do, right? Because for someone that's, let's call it no coiner, right? That, that's not in Bitcoin and he sees these, all these ordinals popping up, he might think it's just, you know, like another thing, like we had the phase with Ethereum and all the other chains, you know, minting these, these, these dumb pictures. And I agree with you. I mean, calling it art is, is very controversial because as you said art takes a lot of time it takes also skill you know you need to be a skilled person to do something that's unique and and you know uh, bespoke to you but you know minting different pictures and at least if there would be nice pictures you know like uh, but these they're just some pixelated cats and it just looks like something that my four-year-old daughter can can do in, in in an afternoon right and i think it's once again it's I think I mentioned this in the last or, or the previous, the second previous episode. It's um, my my opinion on it is, is is that scammers are going to carry on scamming, right? They're always looking for the next way to make a quick buck, flip some things. And to me, also, I I dislike it and I feel bad that they're polluting Bitcoin with that. Uh, but at the same time, it's an open protocol, and who are we, you know, Matthias, yourself, and me to tell people what they can do with Bitcoin, right? It's an open protocol; people can do what they want. But the fact that I find shocking is some very influential people and call them Bitcoin OGs that have been in the space for nearly a decade that they're actually admiring and, and supporting this. It's very shocking to me. But at the same time, it really paints the real picture about them. For sure, they must have some financial incentive behind it. And, you know, maybe this is a good way to filter out who's a true Bitcoiner here for the revolution and who's here, this Bitcoiner, who's here just to make a little bit more money to buy that next Lambo, buy that big villa somewhere. So yeah, I guess it's a phase. I don't see it lasting. I don't think you see it lasting either, right? I don't see us talking in 2025 and 2026 about uh, ordinals. Yeah, thank you that you uh, so eloquently uh, described what I was uh, not able to find the uh, right <laughs> words for it. Um, and no, I, I don't see this lasting too long. Uh, the scammers will, will run out of money. The market will again learn from its mistakes. But what I'm afraid of is, uh, is that it's bringing a possible attack vector uh, to Bitcoin because it will ruin the PR of, of Bitcoin. Um, until now, all the scams were happening on another crypto blockchains, uh, Web3 bullshits. But now it's, it's, it's coming to Bitcoin. And for, for a person who 
who is not really deep and didn't spend the time to try to understand um, will not get the difference and will will connect it with Bitcoin and maybe because of this will close the door and never open them again. And that's a shame because uh, we are trying to, to, to bring people in, but with this scammy attitude, we are actually we are actually creating another barriers and uh, and another attack vectors even for regulators because it will definitely bring some lawsuits and and bad PR pretty much. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't really understand people, and there's even some prominent people like Peter Rizzo who says, you know, like bringing attention to this is good. You know, like more people are hearing about Bitcoin, but uh, I don't think it's the right attention. You know. Not all PR is good PR, and uh, but then again, the, beauty th the beautiful thing about Bitcoin, there is no marketing department, right? We're all, and I guess uh, the biggest marketing department are all the regulators in the U.S. Senate, you know, who have been bashing Bitcoin, this, uh, you know, this monetary system for illicit funds and uh, terrorist financing and whatnot and cr criminal activity. When actually, the U.S. dollar has been the pinnacle of that for for a hundred years. So, but yeah, I guess. The only kind of what I feel sorry for um, is for all the people that will have to be setting up their nodes and downloading a bunch of cat pictures on their external hard drives. Uh, it's going to take a little bit longer, but uh, I'm hopeful that it's a phase that will go away. And at some point, you know, people, I think also with, with the NFT industry have been mm -hmm. burned so much, especially with you mentioned the apes, you know, that people yep. were buying them for millions of dollars. And that led nowhere. So I think it's pretty hard to find this fresh new prey that's going to jump into these cats, dogs, elephants, whatever they they, they print on ordinals. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's nice to hear that someone kind of has an inline same uh, attitude towards them instead of praising them as this potentially next big thing. Yeah, first of all, uh, I I like good art. I can I can appreciate artist i can appreciate a person who develops some skills and and cultivate these skills for many years and usually these people are not in um uh in, in the graphic in the online and and digital graphic world yeah and of course there are some exceptions of course there are but mostly i appreciate the real art uh, in the real world uh, e either on canvas with 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 oil acryl or with just pencil. At BTC Prague, we we had uh, last year a great artist. Um, his name is Daniel Apex, Bitcoin Apex. He he draws with pencil and he spends 400 hours on one piece. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's very smart. Uh, there there are there are hidden gems and and really wise ideas uh, included in in every single piece of art what he produces and i can appreciate that and he's not inscribing it he doesn't need yeah. it he <laughs> makes enough money uh with with his real skill and the other thing why i'm i'm against it because i studied the history and i know that the this is not even close to innovation colored coins have been here a long time and and people who found out that there is a possibility to inscribe things and 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 uh, and put um things in bitcoin blockchain they already decided it's a bad idea long time ago 
Mm. And uh, for those who are interested about this, um, just listen to the talk from last year from Giacomo Zucco. <laughs> the, the talk is titled Ordinals Are Retarded. And it's, it's funny, it's educational, and it's true. You can backcheck all what he, what he said. And, and uh, the other side of the arguments, the people who are for ordinals, Mostly they are just um, making story and uh, making stories and and trying to come up with uh, with counter arguments why why it's better but this is just a gaslighting yeah you can uncover it but most of the people don't have time for it so I consider this very sleazy marketing tactic for something so bad and <laughs> uh, and and really I I I have I'm, I'm losing words because. I cannot understand why is someone buying it, and maybe is someone actually buying it? Is isn't it just a way how to how to uh, money launder or, or or something something else? Which again, uh, it's coming back to to the problem. Yeah, do we want mm. this um, on the Bitcoin blockchain connected with the community, which is uh, very fair, open, and 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 looking. To make the 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 world better, not more scammy. We are looking very far in the future, not looking for a quick buck. No, real Bitcoiners, they 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 are not looking for shortcuts. We're we're, we're here for the journey, not the destination, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you mentioned Daniel, which I I agree. He's also personally my favorite artist out there because, and and I urge all the listeners to to go check out his his Twitter. Twitter account and his website because the art that he produces is immaculate. And as you mentioned, Matyash, um, he spends hundreds and hundreds of hours on it. At the moment, as the time of this recording, he's creating his his halving series, which is super exciting. And as you said, he's such a gifted and, and highly skilled, call it Bitcoin artist, and he doesn't inscript nothing. He sells it the traditional way. You buy his prints. They're actually limited and they're scarce, just like the Bitcoin blockchain itself. And if you want to have a copy and have this, you know, edition of, of one of his series, you can. And I mean, that's it, it really shows if these kind of people are not adopting it, then definitely something's not right there. And on the topic of who's buying them, I also question myself who's buying them, who's, you know, putting... 0.1 BTC, you know, 10 million sats for some gimmicky JPEG. I mean, uh, maybe it's even just bot trading, you know, wash trading, as, as you said. Who knows? We we don't know what's happening. And But yeah, I guess to, to, to switch it to a more positive turn, so we basically bashed the hell out of ordinals and we said it's here today, gone tomorrow. So guys, whoever's listening and is wondering, shall I get an ordinal? Uh, be smart, don't. Um, save those stacks, withdraw them to cold storage. Um, and, and just be a, be a happy pleb, right? So I don't think there's any more attention we should bring to that one, but I just wanted to hear, hear your opinion on that one, Matyash. Now, going back to essentially your babies and, and Chaincamp and, and BTC Prague, looking ahead now, right? So what are your goals and aspirations and more broadly, your involvement in the Bitcoin community? What are you looking to achieve in the next decade, let's say by 2030? What is your big goal that you want to achieve? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's again, hard question, Gigi. Um, you are not making it easy for me. 2030 is very far away. The Bitcoin ecosystem is, is, is changing so quickly that we actually cannot predict what's going to happen 
and, and we 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 were really good in in um making sure that the next conference will be great so we are working on VTC Prague 2024, which will be, as I said, uh, very similar, but a little bit bigger, a uh, little bit better. And we want to empower the individuals and strengthen the core of Bitcoin ecosystem, connecting individuals to the ecosystem. So connecting people to the companies so mm. they can help each other and grow together ideally with us and bridging the Bitcoin all over the world. For Chaincamp, we, uh, we focus on a similar mission where we want to um, strengthen the, uh, the Czech and Slovak community, bringing them close together. And so the whole, whole conference will be more about workshops. Nice. And for next year, um, we will see how, how it goes uh, this year, but probably we want to scale up a little bit uh, so make it again bigger, uh, maybe double, if if the sentiment of the market uh, will go uh, like we all expect, and there will be a bull market, the demand will be so huge that the venue what we have now, one hall, will be not enough. Mm. So we might be um, thinking about renting just another hall next to it because the PVA Expo in Prague is huge, is the biggest expo um, in Czech Republic, uh, expo area in Czech Republic. So we will probably scale up to 20,000 people, but still we don't want to jeopardize the core community, what we created. And we value it so much that it's, it's, not, it's not our main priority to really grow too big. We want to stay true. We want to stay sustainable, so uh, so we can we can guide the ecosystem and and be the point where everyone meets one time per year in Prague to to strengthen the relationship and and pretty much work and and find the opportunity. No, amazing, and and I guess. Which we mentioned before the call, right? It's something that's already near perfect. It's it's hard to c carry on improving it. So every little bit that that is improved is already a big step. Um, I guess this year we have, um, well, very soon we have the Bitcoin halving. So the Bitcoin is halving and BTC Prague is doubling. So it's a nice uh, <laughs> correlation that, that that's going there. Um, but yeah, I, I think as you mentioned, twenty. Maybe my question was a little bit too far reach maybe i could have you know finished it on 2025 not 202030 who knows where we'll be in the world in 2030 but it's nice to see that that you're always looking to evolve it grow it um, but at the same time as you said within reasonable limits you know you don't want to go too crazy too big because uh, then it loses that whole gist and that whole culture of it, which is kind of a close-knit community of, of of doers that get together and and, and build great things Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I what I meant. We we know that the the small conferences are better, but still there is a demand for yeah. the conference. So somehow we will need to figure it out if there will not be some other conference uh, which will which will handle the newbies, the income mm. of new people who will be looking for informations, and we don't want to want them to end up in the wrong hands it's simply a feeling of responsibility 
No, totally. And, and I guess, yeah, for, for the people that are in the industry, educating them about kind of the first steps of what Bitcoin is, how it works, it, it's also you're kind of wasting other people's time, right? So it's that golden balance. And maybe you're right. Maybe there could be a multi-tier Bitcoin conferences where, you know, the newbies go and learn, you know, the basics and get their gist, get their first bag of sats, uh, use a Bitcoin ATM uh, by General Bytes or anyone else. And then kind of BTC Prague really stays there for for the guys that are really building and, and people, you know, the professionals in the industry that want to get together annually uh, and build great things together and, and, and stronger. That's a nice, nicely way to put it. So I guess, uh, Matias, as we're slowly rounding up to the end of, of this podcast, I like to ask all of my guests regarding one advice, essentially, what advice would you offer to newcomers who are intrigued by Bitcoin and are eager to, to contribute to its growth and success, but they don't know where to start. Apart of, of course, going to BTC Prague, right? I mean, what are the kind of the first steps that you would tell kind of a newbie? Where do they start to kind of start their growth in, in the Bitcoin ecosystem? Um, well, the easiest way is to just write a message to your favorite person either who you follow or maybe a project, um, a wallet, what you use, just write them um, that you like what they're doing. That's the, that's the most easy thing. Just acknowledge their work um, and ask if they need help. Maybe they, they need some help. You can always go to GitHub and, um, and, and see if you, can, if you can help there. And uh, yeah, you have to just probably start with yourself. What is that you do best? And then mm. think how you can apply it for Bitcoin. So maybe you have a fiat job. So try to onboard uh, your employer. Yeah? Try to orange pill your employer and infiltrate your fiat job from inside. Um, or um, just find uh, some, some side, side gig, which... Uh, which will slowly build your um, way from the fiat job and, and slowly opt out from the system and opt in to Bitcoin. Don't rush it um, because um, the safety is first. Take care about yourself. Think about it twice and, and do some proof of work. And I have hundreds of success stories first myself and, uh, and then people around me who, who did this. So I, I'm pretty sure that everyone can, can do this if you, if you really want, if you really strive for it, and if you spend uh, the right amount of time on it. <laughs> Matthias, you're the true proof of concept, right? If, 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 you, if, if you don't believe it, you, you can see it, what Matthias has already done in, in such a short time. And I mean, the, the people that you get together, it's, it's once again, uh, amazing work. Yeah, I guess that was fantastic advice. Um, I think the, the one key takeaway from that advice, Matyash, from you is ask where you can help instead of asking to be helped. Um, a lot of people, they say, you know, kind of, can you help me? You know, you know, what can I do? But you should say the other way around, where can I give some value and help out? And I'm sure all Bitcoin companies, they all need help and they would be all more than happy to, to receive help, of course. As you said, you need to do some proof of work. You can't just have no record and, and say, hey, I'm going to fix this for you or help you with this. Um, so slowly build it up. And I guess the, the key takeaway is don't be shy, you know, reach out, you know, and, and what's the worst that can happen? Maybe no reply, but 
you know, it didn't cost you nothing, right? So if you don't try, you don't get. Uh, but that's been some some really good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are there are hundreds of uh, startups and and small projects which really need people who try the the, the product and give them honest feedback. Mm. So don't be afraid to play um, with with just a few satoshis and try a new product and and uh, and then write write down a good feedback, not just a one word, but a good quality feedback and. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that the project will appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Matyash, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. This is the first time, but definitely not the last time. Like with all guests, the invitation is always open for you, Matyash. I'm sure we'll be doing this. We could do it into an annual podcast session pre-BTC Prague to see what's what's coming up, you know, get, get, get some people excited for it. And of course, the Bitcoin story never stops. It, it only continues and evolves. But yeah, once again, I'm from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm, I know you're super busy with all the preparations and it's it's not that far away. June 13th is uh, is very soon. Um, so yeah, thank you once again for, for taking the time to come on. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a really nice chat. And uh, yeah, let's meet all in Prague in June. It's a summertime. It's beautiful. We will have the best beer in the world, <laughs> Pilsner Urquell. And together celebrate halving yeah because it's gonna be just a just a one month or yeah two months after halving so that's true we'll be in the next epoch and and as uh, Matyash said the invitations to everyone and as a special um, so to say gesture back to all the fellow listeners we have an exclusive 10% discount code for anyone that wishes to attend to get a 10% discount on your ticket so all you'll have to input is BTC story uh, once you're at the checkout and you will get a 10% discount, every Satoshi counts, right? So it's, it's, it's always nice to get some savings. And yeah, 13th to 15th of June in Prague. Uh, be there. You will meet, I'm sure, Matyash will be happy to, to meet you. Gigi will be there, Michael Saylor, and a whole list of other all-star uh, lineups. And of course, a lot of great companies, a lot of workshops. I'm sure there'll also be some great arc, none of that uh, kitty uh, pixelated JPEG, but true masterpieces. And yeah, we very much look forward to meeting you all in person in Prague. And uh, thank you again for, for listening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>